Hey, it's Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. A very happy National Chia Day. I don't think so. National Tamale Day. I don't think so. National Near Miss. We almost got up a meteorite in the 80s day. I don't think so. It's National Puppy Day, Kelly. National Puppy Day. Oh, this is when you're going to see all those little pups on the internet. I hope so. My goodness. Because things we've seen on the internet recently, not as good as puppies. No, that's that's true. We all need more puppies in our lives. True that. You got to celebrate with yours. Do you have any puppies handy, Kelly, nearby? Yeah, they're fighting right now. They're oh, or playing or whatever. My two little my two little Havanese. Yes. I got one that's sleeping and one that's I don't know where. So we will post our puppies later. Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in D.C. on the Real Fun D.C. channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thank goodness for women's basketball. I know it's hard to believe. Of course, it's March Madness, but the only local team left standing is our ladies. University of Maryland is in the Sweet 16. They're playing on Friday night on ESPN, 930 game. They're playing number one seed, Stanford. So good well, luck, Let's get the madness going. Yeah, go get them. Uh, but I, they have a great team, and hopefully they, and they know how to play in the tournament. So hopefully they'll knock Stanford out, and we can cheer them on in the next round. That would be incredible, right? That'd be a huge upset. For sure. For sure. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I love that. Also, um, as spring has sprung, you brought this up, Kelly. People may be thinking about taking a swim in the Potomac. I don't even know what's happening. So the DCS has this whole story about, one, the history of why you can't swim in the Potomac. Um, And obviously it's because of, like, health concerns. But it was actually banned because um, back in the 30s, when the first ban was instituted, um, there wasn't a treatment for raw sewage. So it literally had sewage going into. So, right. So it's, it's much, much bigger than just like, oh, the water's not safe. It's not, there's a bunch of stuff in there. But they're saying that there's this petition that's going to Mayor Bowser to open up certain um, parts of the Potomac where you could take a little swim. And there's parts of the Potomac that are actually, you know, with the water quality testing that are okay to launch. Now, here's something that I didn't know. When they closed the Potomac for raw sewage, people were still swimming in like the Rock Creek area, like the actual creek. Okay. And they're saying that's some of the most unsafe water. They're not looking because there's not a lot of flow. Where the Potomac, there's a lot more flow. There's a current and it, it tends to be a lot more cleaner. So the, in just the Rock clear, Creek, they're Creek. Looking, huh? Yeah. Uh huh. So don't go in the Rock Creek. Probably shouldn't have your dogs go in there either. Um, Cause I know a lot of people that do do that and bathe them really well. But um, so we'll see if we're going to see, you know, people swimming in the Potomac again. I'm good. I think I'm good on that. <laughs> I don't really know that I need to do that <laughs> soon. I know. Well, I will tell you the petition and we'll put a link in our show notes uh, has, 10 signatures so far and it's got a lot of press i mean dcs has written it up 730 picked it up today but it's not really getting the momentum you would hope no i would sign the petition just you know in the in the interest of democracy to have a a, <laughs> a, a venue of ideas brought forward i would be down with that i'm not saying i want to go swim in the potomac but it would be cool if at some point there was like a viable place for water recreation in dc yeah a little sunbathing on the potomac that would be something interesting to see 
this goes back to my theory of why don't we have a, like a weapons grade Brita made by like Northrop Grumman that just we put upstream and it just <laughs> cleans it all out. Yeah. Well, I think uh, DC's got a lot of budget issues right now, so let's just focus on one thing at a time. I guess so. That could that yeah, that that's also <laughs> very true. Although I read this morning in Axios that DC is quote flush with cash, and I was like, what part of DC are you talking about? So they got that. Wasn't going. there like a budget thing a couple of weeks ago where like six hundred million dollars wasn't accounted for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think well, so. those two could be mutual. Those two don't have to be necessarily. Um, at odds, you could be flushed with cash and also mismanage money. Those two things okay. can happen at the same time. Fair enough. You're right. <laughs> you could have no cash and be good with money at the same time as well. Seems like more than I um, than I understand. Although I didn't realize until recently, like how at odds at a lot of things the mayor and the council are. So look at that. All politics is local. You should <laughs> learn about your neighborhoods. For sure. Mm-hmm. That's just top line stuff. So Kelly, you would or would not dip if you were told that it was dippable. No, I'm out. I, I like my Delaware shores. That's that's where I go for a dip. I am only on. in September when the water's warm enough and not too deep because <laughs> I'm afraid of getting eaten by a shark. I mean, that is the advantage of the Potomac. You don't have to worry about getting eaten by a shark. Look at that. You know, that's that's working out for you. It, and they always do talk about like the water studies, how the Anacostia is getting cleaner and cleaner, which is true, which we should mention. But like if you go down by Nats Park, where like the D.C. water headquarters is the water in front of the D.C. water headquarters looks atrocious. There's like all kinds of goop and litter and everything like right in front of the water headquarters. Mm. You would think yep. that would be the place where it would be like dolphins and crystal clear, <laughs> like even if you got to yeah. fake it. Yeah. Like it, at the very least, you could take one of those like pool cleaning tools, like those nets. Oh, yeah. Especially when you have like high volume events like Nats Park because people are walking over that bridge right there mm -hmm. and just like, you know, clean it up an hour before the game starts. Get a skimmer. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. Yeah. Think of what a fun job that would be like DC pool boy. <laughs> oh, you would like that, wouldn't you, Tommy? I, I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not equipped for that position, but I think, you know. No, no. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Let's talk about flying a kite. <laughs> the rich history of flying kites in D.C. So the kite festival is coming up on Saturday as part of the Cherry Blossom Festival, where there's a bunch of kites that go up on the National Mall and by the Washington Monument. And they're expecting to be back to normal. Hundreds, if not thousands of people flying all of the kites. And I was under the impression that this was like a one-time dispensation in which kites were allowed to be flown on the National Mall, right? It seems like an annual thing. Au contraire, you can actually fly a kite any time of the year on the grounds of the Washington Monument. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know why that either. Do, why and don't we see that more often? This is the thing I'm telling now. I, I am now telling the village because I don't think people know that as much. And I actually went ahead and I looked at the um, National Park Service. Just follow along, Kelly. It's going to get weird for a second. Uh, the National Park Service and um, all their rules and regs. And so you can fly a kite um, on the National Mall, like the, the monument grounds at any time. You cannot have a glass coated string. I'm not sure what that means or any abrasive non biodegradable kite strings. And you must make reasonable effort to prevent resource damage or to impede other visitors. Okay. So yeah, bring a kite out. I mean, today there's like no wind, so it's not going to work out for you, but there's like windy days down there when kite flying would be fantastic. I, and 
did. Do you have a kite, Tommy? I, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> of course you have it right there. I bought it on Amazon. I was trying to locally source one, but you will be surprised, Kelly. There are no local kite shops in D.C. Huh. Oh, it's very colorful. I bought it on Amazon. So, we're yes, we got the kite going on. We're ready to go with that. But um, what I also learned on that same rules and regs page from the National Park Service, balloons not allowed unless you have a permit for an event. Parasailing, windboarding, or gliders also not prohib- not permitted on the mall. How would you parasail? Like, it, I guess I guess there's a reflecting pool, but it's pretty shallow. <laughs> you have to pedal pretty quickly on uh, on the paddle boards to get the parasail up into the air. I would think on yeah. the tidal basin. Yeah. You're also allowed to fish. Did you know that? You can have a fishing permit and fish off the Potomac River and the Washington Channel and the Tidal Basin. I, I've seen fishermen down there before. I, I didn't realize they were illegal. I thought they were just like sneaking one in and trying mm. to catch a, catch a fish. Also, did you know that you're allowed to have toy or remote control boats or toy sailboats on the Constitution Gardens Lake where Signers Island is? Oh, hmm. I guess not. Cute. Also, in the wintertime, Kelly, you can ice skate on Constitution Garden Lake if it's frozen. Yeah, you got to be very, really, really careful. It very rarely gets cold enough in D.C. for a long stretch of time for that to freeze. That is very true. But should it freeze, you're allowed to ice skate on that. So I thought that was kind of interesting to note. And fun fact as well, people who like go play with like baseball and kickball and all that stuff on the mall, your cones your bases, your goals, and other items left overnight will be impounded. Ooh, scary. So now all I want to do is go to the National Park Service's impound lot of balls and cones. <laughs> well, hopefully they they donate that or do something good with that, that superpower. So um, I know you're just clamoring to know more about DC's kite history. Can I just tell you about why a bunch of hippies made it possible that kites are allowed to be flown on the national mall. Sure. I'm here. Okay. Th- thanks. I know you got nothing else to do today. So perfect. <laughs> um, so I found this article in the Washington post about how there was a law on the books from 1892 that prohibited any kind of kites to be flown on a street Avenue alley, open space, public um, enclosure or a square in DC and in Georgetown which I think was probably they speculate because of like the newly strong telephone lines at that time in 1892. And so nothing had happened with this law for a while, but in the sixties, in the summer of 69, someone flew a kite on what is called P street beach, which I was not aware of the area between Georgetown and DuPont Mm. was at that time called P street beach, not waterfront, but I don't know. And so the cops actually then um, enforced the law, arrested some hippie, (laughs) and then this started this like kite revolution, this kite protest. So people then started flying kites on the mall and they got arrested like a few times over and over again. And um, so much so that the Smithsonian was having their kite festival on the mall illegally at the time. They had to move their kite festival to Fort Washington. And it wasn't until 1970 that Congress, which has to be like our big sister and tell us everything we're allowed to do and not do in the district, they struck down the law about the kites. And then that next summer, there was a giant kite fly on the National Mall in which the National Park Service provided 3,500 kites to the people. (laughs) 
Well done, Tommy. I'm glad you did your homework. Thank A you. plus. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what? You're rolling your eyes now, or maybe you're rolling your ears if you're just listening to this on a podcast, but you will at some point at a cocktail party talk about DC's kite history, and you're welcome. <laughs> what would we do without you, Tommy? <laughs> Over to you, Kelly. Tell me all about paella in space. I can't believe this story. So Jose Andres, of course, is making headlines again because they, his World Central Kitchen has been doing incredible work uh, helping the refugees coming out of Ukraine. He's been in Ukraine and, and in Poland. Just incredible. I mean, and the man has gone into disaster zones for, for years now. Well, there's an article with Fast Company where uh, he talks about an initiative. He has been working with NASA to develop dishes to go up into space. And uh, I guess the next mission is in April where they're going to be setting up some astronauts. One of them happens to be Spanish. And I mention this because Jose Andreas, of course, is Spanish. And what does a Spanish chef make to have his Spanish astronaut go up into space? Paella. Of course. <laughs> and there's a photo in uh, Fast Company. We'll put the link in the in the show notes of the packaging of the paella. It looks like what you might think of like space food. It's got the cool little foil packaging and it looks like air dried or something. But he said there also the reason behind it, it was not only the Spanish roots, but because it's such a community food to enjoy paella, that this would be a great way. The International Space Station, obviously there's many countries up there, including our um, brothers over in Russia. Um, and uh, this is just a great food to bring people together. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just leave it to Jose. Like th this means, this means that it's, it's obviously the, the ISS is not the moon per se, but it does give opened up the door that this could be on Mars one day. Oh my I'm gosh. Just saying. I, I can imagine Jose, Jose being like, I'm opening up a Haleo on Mars. And everyone would be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, if he could do it, anybody, and anybody would enjoy that. You did say, like, in the beginning, I, I don't believe it. I kind of believe it. This morning you were like, hey, do you hear Jose's food's going into space? And I was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> like, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh. It wasn't terribly shocking that he like, that his food would be going to space, to me, at least. Yeah. I mean, he says he's been having conversations with NASA for years. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he has. Of course he has. Although, uh, look, he's the chef. He's the man. I'm not questioning his um, idea. But paella is made of a bunch of little pieces of rice. Wouldn't they, like float around up there you... oh i don't yeah I... right you open the it's, top it's a really we'll know soon i'm sure when once it's up there he'll post it up on his social media and be like rice confetti i'm just saying you don't want like pieces of paella getting into vents or anything up there i think i think he's working with nasa tommy it's all taken care of they well, don't that... need your input okay correct that's what i'm saying <laughs> I, I preface this with i he's the, he's the chef he knows what he's doing but i'm just I, I, as a layman you know i'm just down here on earth being like Instead of anti-gravity, maybe we should use pencils. But he's collaborating with NASA, and I'm sure they're giving him sort of the best practices to make food in space. <laughs> it's going to be okay. They're going to spend $1 million to make one giant rice <laughs> puff <laughs> in the R&D department. Well, way to go, Jose. Way to be an American treasure. Speaking of the Russians in space, did you see that they showed up in the Ukrainian uh, colors when they got to the ISS? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I like they they were in space, so I don't know if they were able to like, let's pull out our yellow. I think it was 
more of a coincidence than anything else, but that's fine. We'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was a coincidence, but like, how come the Russians have yellow spacesuits? Okay. Yeah. They got the red, white, and blue thing going on. I don't know. It was just a striking image, and I'm sure that there was backstory yes. behind it. But the the whole like thought of the Russian cosmonauts like leaving in their Russian colored suits, and then like somewhere along the way being like wardrobe change, and then popping out in the yellow outfits is. They, it's it's not like they ordered them on space. Amazon, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like they were already up in space. So Blue uh, Origin like I... meets them halfway and drops off a one day shipment of yellow spacesuits. Yeah. I'm glad everyone made it home safely and that that relationship was is still has not been damaged. Yeah. So um, let's talk about Sunday. You want to join us? It's the Colorectal Cancer Alliance's Scope It Out 5K. Kelly and I are going to be down there and we're hosting the event. It's back on Freedom Plaza. It's going to be awesome. And also, I realized, too, maybe you haven't been downtown in a bit. The World War One Memorial is open up right by Freedom Plaza as well, too. Like I've been checking it out as I like go on my jogs and all that stuff. But I was thinking like people might not have gotten a chance to come down and see that yet because it opened up in the height of the pandemic. So one more reason to come down and help us um, with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. Scope it out 5K. Yeah, it's nice and early on Sunday morning. You can check out uh, that and also the cherry blossoms and mm -hmm. do it nice and early. It's going to be a little chilly. But that's okay. This, if you can wear blue, because that's like the official color, and you'll see a lot of people with ribbons and headbands and blue tutus and t-shirts and sweatshirts um, to kind of be festive and enjoy the morning to go uh, for a great cause. And it helps you to run a little faster when the weather's cold. That's true. That's that is true. And so go to scope it out five k dot com and join uh, team Tommy and Kelly or just show up and you know register at the event it's going to be Sunday if you're listening um, before the 27th or if you're catching this show after the 27th you can always donate at scope it out 5k.com if you want to get involved it's going to be really cool to see everyone back together to see all the blue and to see a great day um, as we wrap up colon cancer awareness month for sure and as we're talking about like things that are coming back, actually, I think on the route of the Scope It Out 5K um, up Pennsylvania Avenue is the National Gallery of Art. And they are bringing back their museum nights. I'm not sure if you remember this pre-pandemic, the NGA nights, just like such a fun cocktail party, such a great way to experience the museum after after dark. And so now um, they're calling it uh, the national gallery nights it's back and it starts on april 14th i believe and um they've got just interesting events happening in the evening to check out the art to check out like each other and be hanging out in dc in the evening for a cocktail party it's just fantastic i'm so glad to see it's all back and i think you need to register in advance correct if i'm not yeah. So, and tickets are going fast. The yes. very limited capacity. I, I I was looking at it yesterday. And I think a couple of the nights are already sold out. So get on it. It's going to be April 14th, May 12th, June 9th. And um, they're going to announce others after that. But those are the ones to go check out. That's great. I love it. And we're um like creeping up too on the DC Central Kitchen Capital Food Fight. This is back at the Anthem. It's April 7th. And Kelly and I are going to be there hosting that as well. It's Talk about like maybe Jose will bring his space paella. <laughs> maybe. What a great place to test it out, right? Like it's 
DC's baddest night to do good at the Anthem. It's the 18th year that the DC Central Kitchen is hosting the Capital Food Fight. They have battling chefs. They have all of the other restaurants, like all throughout the Anthem. It's just eating and drinking and so much fun. And it's going to be um, celebrating a fantastic cause and raising money for the DC Central Kitchen and their work to get people um, who have been incarcerated back into em- employment in the restaurant industry to help people who are um, really food insecure in this time. The DC Central Kitchen does awesome work, and it's going to be great. I'm I'm pumped to to get us to get us all back in and get together for it. It's going to be a great day in D.C. You've got that happening at the Anthem and right down the road is opening day for Nats Park. And I bring this up because Ryan Zimmerman, of course, their uh, Mr. National will not be playing with the Nats this year, but he usually is part of this event. And we're waiting to see if he's going to show up because Hmm. it's exciting because I don't know if you heard, but he's uh, they're retiring his number, number 11. So it will be great to um, see him back on the stage and to get to get to see him and his wife. Heather, are there? Are they retiring his number on opening day? No, it's a game in June. Ah, perfect. Okay. Cause I was thinking like he and the family could go to the game and then they can get one of your alto cars, Kelly and go to the Anthem and they can like, they can make, make their way around that way. Yeah, no, I, I, I we'll see if he's going to be there at the night. They, they like to give us little surprises. Mm-hmm. at DC Central Kitchen as they get this all planning. But and, and we don't know for sure if Jose is not going to be there because, you know, he's been busy feeding uh, refugees in Ukraine. So it's, a, it, it's always an exciting night no matter what. Yes. Yes. There's a lot to a lot to celebrate from the food, from the food world, for the resilience and the way that um, they bring people together for sure. So more on all that at um, on just go to realfundc.com on the Tommy and Kelly page. You can get the link right there to go get tickets and uh, join us for the Capital Food Fight for the Scope It Out 5K and so much more. Plus, there's just like a bajillion hours of show to listen to. I mean, you could spend the next month just catching up if you wanted to. <laughs> I can't imagine why you'd want to. But if you did, it's there. And you can please uh, grab the link, send it to friends, five stars, like, subscribe, share, all those things that podcasts ask you to do because apparently it's important. <laughs> we'll see you next time.